grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We're continuing our series on the Gospel of Mark. And last week, uh, we heard that Jesus had entered into Jerusalem. He had his triumphant entry, walking, or riding, rather, down the Mount of Olives into the city of Jerusalem. He's been in the temple. He has cleared that thing out, as we talked about last week. And today, he's uh, days away. He's days away before his uh, betrayal, his unlawful arrest, his torture, his crucifixion. And he spends those days in the temple courtyards teaching. And a lot of that teaching time comes across during confrontation with the leaders in Jerusalem. And there's a series of just confrontation and arguments, and it's getting more and more heated. But there's a little bit of a break. Because someone comes up to Jesus, as Josh says, it's a lawyer, and he has a real honest question. And that's our text for today. It says this in Mark chapter 12. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your soul and all your strength, and to love your neighbors yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. This is the gospel of the Lord. And Jesus says, You can't love God and not love your neighbor. That's a double negative. Let me fix that. Jesus said, when you love God, you're loving your neighbor as well. Is that better? That's better. We'll go there. To love God is to love your neighbor. And that's really not a shocking thing to say. I think every religion or philosophy has some version of loving God and loving others. It's not super controversial. But the reasons for it are unique to Jesus and the Christian faith. Well, why is something like that true? And as we explore that a little bit more, we'll see that Jesus is unique. He's unique in his love, and he's unique in his gifting, and he's unique in his truth. And so we'll talk about that here. The question is this. Why can we love our neighbor? The first reason is this. <clears throat> Hit that button there, Zach. Your neighbor's created and loved by God. One of the most important passages in the Bible is from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move on the ground. All people, all people are created in the image of God. Every race, nation, tribe, everywhere, all people are created in the image of God. The theologians call this the Imago Dei, which is Latin for the, the image of God. Nothing special there, right? That all people are created in God's 
image and likeness. And what that means is all people have the same rights. All those foundational rights, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of worship, of uh, democracy, the idea that a government of for the people, by the people, it all comes from Genesis chapter one. The founders wrote that all people are endowed by the creator with certain unalienable rights. Where do they get that phrasing from? Genesis chapter one, verse 26, which means this. Here's the big takeaway. God loves your neighbor. That's the big idea. God loves your neighbor more than you do. God loves your kids more than you do. God loves your spouse more than you do. God loves your mom and dad more than you do. God loves that person in the cubicle next to you more than you do. You probably knew that, but just in case you need to be reminded, God loves that person more than you do, which means this, that God is already working in their lives. God's already working in their lives. And that when God says, love your neighbor as yourself, what Jesus is doing is he's inviting you to, to participate in the work that he is already doing in that person's life. God's already there. God's not asking for something new, but rather it's to join him in what he is already doing. Because your neighbor is created and loved by God just like you. That's the second one. The second reason is this. Your neighbor is redeemed by God. Not only does God love your neighbor, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, died for your neighbor and for you. That God is crazy in love with you and the person sitting next to you and your next door neighbor and the person you don't like so much. God's crazy in love with that person too. So here's a big idea. Jesus loves you. You can say it back to me. Jesus loves me too. You can say it back to me. Jesus. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus loves the person sitting next to you. So you can go ahead and tell them that too. And when you love someone, you love what they love. When you love someone, you love what they love. I remember when Heather and I were back in California 13 years ago, and this church issued a call for us to come out here and serve here in Colorado. And we talked about it, and we prayed about it, and we said, yep, yep, God's calling us to, to pick up and move and come to Colorado. And we came, we were getting ready to come here, right? And there's this guy back in California, and he says, all right, if you move to Colorado, you need two things. You need a ski jacket and an LA jersey. And the dude was right. When you move here, when you're going to love a people, you love what they love. So we packed up that moving van. We're driving across. We get to the Colorado border. You know that, that great sign, Welcome to Beautiful Colorado? And literally it was, I was born a Rams fan, I'm a now Broncos fan, amen. <laughs> Just switch allegiance like that. Because when you love someone, you love what they love. Uh, when Heather and I were back in California and uh, we had little kids, we had little kids and little money. That's how it works when you have little kids, right? <laughs> little kids, little money, right? And so um, Heather would make end dates, we called them end dates. And so she planned a date night for us. And we, it was something we'd do in the house after the kids were put to bed. 
And so one night it was like, uh, we listened to, go to the library, get this cassette tapes. We are old. And uh, those uh, old time radio shows, you know, like Inner Sanctum and, uh, oh, what's the other one? Uh, the Shadow. You know, we listened to those. That was one of them. But the best one, Heather said, I will sit down and watch a whole Monday night football game with you. She bought me Cheetos and beer. That's love. I'm sitting down, I got my beer, I got my Cheetos. I'm like, you want some? She's like, oh no, they're all for you. Wow, that's love. All the Cheetos. Third quarter, I'm like, how you doing? She's like, this is great. I love it. I'm like, oh man. Because when you love someone, you love what they love. And God loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Right, thank you, thank you. And Jesus loves the person sitting next to you. And Jesus loves your neighbor. So when we love God, we love what God loves. And God loves the people around you. Here's the third reason. That, uh, your name, that there are no more sacrifices necessary. So the best way to love God is to love your neighbor. Because there are no more sacrifices to God necessary. Every other religion in the world believes something different than that. Every other religion in the world operates on some sort of principle of, for lack of a better phrase, karma. You do something nice for someone, you know, you, you pay for someone's meal in the drive through line behind you or something like that. You do something nice, you help someone out, and you kind of like, I got some points. I got some points, right? I did something good. I got some points. I'm good. Jesus is completely different. Jesus is like, there are no points. Jesus Christ died and rose for you, free, completely, no strings attached. That when Jesus was hanging on the cross, and his final words are, it is finished, he actually meant it. It's finished. The work is done. The sacrifice is complete. He is the sacrifice. Nothing more is necessary. And so when God invites you to love your neighbor, it's because you don't have to do it for him. He's good. Pass it along. That's the core tenet of the Reformation is all about. In 1517, Martin Luther kicked off the Reformation by nailing 95 theses or 95 statements on the Wittenberg church door to argue against the sale of indulgences. And it kicked off the Reformation. And from that point on, there's been three core tenets of the Reformation. The first one is this, grace alone. There's no need to add anything. Paul put it this way in Ephesians chapter 3, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We're saved freely and completely by God's grace. The second tenet of the Reformation was faith alone. That our role is simply to acknowledge we have no role and we just need it. And we receive all that Jesus has to give because he's God and he's good. And the third tenet is scripture alone. That we rely not on, on popes or some other authority, but just Jesus and his word. And it makes all the difference. <clears throat> 
Because every religion says, love your neighbor. Because you know, it's a good thing for you to do, and you know, it's, but it increases your standing. Jesus is completely different. He invites us to love our neighbors because he loves those neighbors too. It makes all the difference in the world. When I was growing up, I had a twin brother, this good looking guy. And uh, my mom would say to me often, be nice to your brother. Be nice to your brother. What do you think I did next? That did not help at all. Not one bit. Because as soon as she said it, the last thing I wanted to do. But there were times when I was nice to my brother. We had a great time. It was awesome growing up with my brother. See, it makes all the difference in the world. Jesus isn't saying, love your neighbor because, you know, I'm watching. Rather, he invites us to join him in what he's already doing. Because it's fun. And it's good times. So how do you do that? How do you love your neighbor? There's two primary ways. And the first way is this. And you extroverts, you're going to love this. Community. Throw a party. You could even get together and wax your boards and skis together every single Thursday night. That's what it's about. It's a Matthew party. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus goes to this guy named Matthew, and he says, come and follow me. Leave your high-paying job, just abandon it, and follow me. And Matthew goes, that sounds awesome. I'm going to do it. And he's so excited about it, Matthew throws a party. But Matthew is a tax collector. He's collecting fees and taxes from an, a foreign government, and he's taxing his own people. He's not super popular in town. And so the unpopular people go to Matthew's party, the tax collectors and sinners, it says in the Bible. <laughs> and, and we live in a world that is separated. We're the most connected and separated people in the history of mankind. Republicans hang out with Republicans. Democrats hang out with Democrats. <coughs> And dog lovers hang out with dog lovers because there's something wrong with those cat people. You just cannot trust the cat person. <laughs> and the church is designed to be something completely different. That together we have some stuff in common. That we're all miserable sinners and we all need a savior. And that is the body of Christ gathered together in one place. From, I love worshiping here at Vail. Because literally, we can worship with people from all over the world sometimes. It's fantastic. And God calls us into community. And so one way to love your neighbor is just to throw a party. Or bring a meal over to FFC and then say, you guys host the party, you guys do it. Right? And here's what I don't want you to do. Don't spend hours cleaning your house. Don't do it. Because it'll make you be miserable by the time you're done. You're right? You'll be like, I put all this work in this party. Right? Don't clean your house. Like get one wipe, one of those clean wipes, wipe down the guest bathroom, right? Do that. And then pick up all of the stuff in the living room and you're good. Make some food, invite other people to make food, invite them over. Don't invite the people you like, just invite the people around you. Just do it. 
And the second thing, don't evangelize. I mean, five minutes of the conversation, do not say, so, what do you think about Jesus? <laughs> I know we just met, but I'm just curious, right? Because I'm judging you right now, right? <laughs> Don't do that. Just love them. No one wants to be your project, right? You just love them. And create community. It's awesome. God will do his work through community. Because God uh, always does, because God loves your neighbor more than you do. So if you're extroverts, you're like, I'm a throw party. Sounds awesome. Some of you introverts are like, that sounds horrible. I will never do that. <laughs> so the second way to love your neighbor is this, it's just service. You might be like, I will never throw a party, but I'll get some food at SFC. I'm doing that. That's awesome. You might take someone's trash can in for them. I'm not bragging my son here, my son Tim. We have a next door neighbor, and the uh, husband is a long distance truck driver. And the wife has uh, multiple sclerosis. So when it snows, uh, after we get done shoveling our sidewalk and driveway, my son Tim goes over and shovels their driveway. It's a big driveway. And uh, last winter, I got a text from our neighbor. And she's like, please tell your son to accept my money. <laughs> I'm like, what? Tim, what's going on here? She's like, well, she tried to pay me, but I, I wouldn't take it. So I texted her back. I said, thank you so much for offering money. But he needs to do this. Because he needs a way to show his people that, that Jesus loves them. That's how you love your neighbor. Nothing big. You don't have to leave your jobs. You love them as God's gifted you to love people. Whether in community ways, bring them on in or just service ways, however God's created you. That's good. That's fun. Because Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ loves your neighbor. And Jesus Christ loves the person sitting next to you, and at work, and next door, and the person with the barking dog. Jesus loves that person. Jesus loves a dog, too. We're part of his creation. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that um, we don't wonder or question whether you love us, Lord, because of your incredible, amazing grace and full-out sacrifice. Lord God, thank you. And thank you for the privilege of loving the people you love. Not because we have to, because there's something we need to do. But Lord, just for the privilege of joining you in your mission to your world. And so Lord, um, I pray that uh, folks here today who are here and just investigating who Jesus is, Lord, that they learn this grow a little bit more closer to you and what you've done for them. Lord, I lift up those who are following you and exploring what that means. And they might take another step this week in just that gifting, the way you've gifted them, Lord. Whether it's inviting some folks over for dinner or to watch the game, 
or just doing something nice for someone, Lord, in your name, in your name. Whatever that might be, Lord, that you might place those opportunities before us and that we might respond, here am I, Lord, send me. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Stand and praise your God.